0: Welcome to the St Emlyn's podcast. I'm Ian Beardsall. This episode, recalling some of our learning points and the great time we shared in Chicago at SMAC, was recorded shortly before the tragic death of our colleague and friend, Dr. John Hines. The subsequent days have been hard for us all, coping with the loss of one of the brightest stars in the FOMED firmament. Many things have been written and said about John, about his humble heroism, wit and extraordinary achievements. He was an inspiration to us all. At St Emlyn's, we will try to honour John's memory by bringing you the best free open access medical education we can. Always bearing in mind, both personally and at work, the mantra, what would John do? We miss him very much and it was a privilege to know him. Welcome to the St Emanin's Podcast. I'm Ian Beardsall.
1: And I'm Simon Carley.
0: And as you've probably guessed, we've just returned from a fabulous week out in Chicago at Smack US. We had intended to try and bring you a podcast every day after days one, two and three, but simply we were too busy. We just didn't have a chance, what with everything else that was going on. So our apologies, but there are loads of other resources out there of people who are perhaps slightly more organised than us. Foamcast especially have done some great roundups, but we wanted to take this chance just to bring you some of our highlights from the conference itself. That's
1: right, Ian. It was an amazing week in Chicago, but I've got to say, with the number of talks we did and the number of sessions that we went to and all the things the St Emlyn's team were involved in, even finding minutes for sleep was a bit of a challenge. So sadly, we didn't get the podcast out day by day, but I agree with you. There's some great material out there. If you want to go day by day through all the sessions, yes, you'll be able to pick that up. And on the Intensive Care Network over the next year, of course, the talks will be released. So you'll be able to see and participate in Smack between now and next year. And the rather exciting news of where SMAC is going to be next year. But Simon, what about highlights for you? Anything particular on day two? So on day two, I went to some really interesting uh, talks, actually. I went to a session called Ruling the Resource Room, which was kicked off by Roger Harris. And he took an interesting approach about when to stop resuscitation. Now, last year, Cliff Reed did a great talk on never really giving up on that patient who really is trying to die prematurely. So the patient who's got a retrievable condition, you have to absolutely do your very best to save them. Roger's talk was slightly different. He took more of an intensive care perspective and addressed the idea that deciding when to continue is not just a single decision at a point in time, but it's something you need to revisit on a regular basis. And that certainly when patients get to the critical care unit, making sudden decisions is not wise and it takes time to involve family other clinicians relatives etc and come to an appropriate decision about whether to withdraw care he also talked about those some exceptional circumstances where patients who really you think are probably going to die, those are the ones that paradoxically sometimes come back and visit you six months later. So there's always that thing in the back of your mind as a clinician about having to stop
0: and think about, is this the right decision? It was really good at the conference for that because we didn't just talk about high-end critical care, saving lives stuff, but quite a bit about the caring for the patient, making the patient the centre of everything. And I remember the phrase intensive palliative care seemed to come up at times. So not just being aggressive in what we do to save life, but being, if you like, aggressive when we're trying to ease pain and suffering. Smack is really good for those what you could describe as touchy feely topics and for me what i take away from the week isn't so much the science but it's more a philosophy of what it's like to be a doctor nurse paramedic the way that we think about things and the way that we feel and hard to put those into podcast context but for the people leaving i think that for many of them that will be some of the things they they have really drawn out of those few days away i'd agree and i think some of the summary tweets coming away were things like
1: be thoughtful prepare be kind expect Potentially bad days and bad outcomes. The second session I went to was also interesting. It was by Sarah Gray, and she's a Canadian intensivist, and she was talking about building a model of taking critical care into the emergency department setting. Now I thought it was really interesting because many of the ideas that she had, moving from just getting interested in critical care and getting better liaison with your intensivist as an ED physician, right the way up to the you know the Scott Weingart ED-based ICU. I thought it was really interesting. Here in Manchester, we're about halfway there. We've got intensivists and ED physicians who work in both units, so dual qualified. And that's been incredibly valuable for us, about learning about resuscitation, about trying to keep up to date um, and getting fantastic working relationships with our critical care colleagues. I think it works really, really well if you do that. So her talk's going to be good if you're interested
0: in critical care about how to build it into your ED. The only balance I'd give to that is that I think we have to be careful not to just be excited about the sexy parts of emergency medicine. And a lot of smack is sexy, and, and that's fine because they're the bits that we find interesting some of the time. But you've got to balance the number of patients we've got coming in with those critical illnesses with all the others too and making sure that we balance what we're learning so it fits the patient group we're caring for. Another highlight of the whole session, which follows on from that, was sono Wars. Now, sono Wars, if you haven't seen it, is really a display of in- ultrasound skills in the critically ill patient or in the emergency department it's not so much a competition although there is an element of that within it and the effort they would put into it i have to say the point at which they pulled out the mechanical bull you had to wonder whether they'd kind of jumped the shark but it was just perfect
1: i'm not entirely sure of which particular circumstance is going to require me to do an ultrasound whilst riding a bull, but I do now know how that's going to work. You're right, as a visual presentation, combined with education, that was a clever thing. It was entertaining, it was interesting, but it was funny. And that concept of medutainment, bit of medicine, a bit of education, a bit of entertainment,
0: bringing them all together, you can't look much further than Wars to see how that is personified. And they did lots of ultrasound skills that perhaps within my capabilities but not something i'm going to be doing in the emergency department and i did make the mistake of mentioning this to scott weingart in the coffee room for him to then tweet something to his twenty thousand plus followers and i then got what i described as tweet slapped continually just to reiterate i think ultrasound is a great skill and it's great to have but in our emergency departments there's constant pressure on the senior doctors to be making decisions i just don't know how much time we get for all that stuff i wish we had more
1: I've got to take the counter argument again, you know, I mean, I'm wedded to my ultrasound machine. I absolutely love it. And, you know, do scans all day, every day if I can. So I think it depends how you're working. But if you can get into it, and you can really see how you can monitor using ultrasound and look for change in your critical patients, but also use it diagnostically in the outside of the resource room.
0: I, I genuinely think it's something that's, you know, within the realms of an emergency physician, and incredibly valuable. Well, I'm going to take that advice from you and from Scott back to my department and see if I can get to use ultrasound more. I've already done fast scanning aortas, pneumothoraces, no problem. But uh, I'll I'll try really hard to see if I can do more of that within the confines of the job of a busy ed in the uk if you are looking to expand your ultrasound skills i actually think
1: the way we teach it in the uk to do fast and aorta, they're not actually the stuff which i'm doing day in day out i do a lot more chest ultrasound more uh, limit echo ultrasound and there's a fantastic resource called five minute sono it's an incredibly good short easy to access
0: very easy to learn website give it a try there's loads of cracking stuff on there So that was the end of the education for Thursday, but there then was the gala dinner. And again, the organisers outdid themselves. Key to this, I think, is the gala dinner ticket is part of your whole conference ticket. The whole conference turns up 2,000 people in a venue with a band having a great time. The friendly ethos of the conference continues. Everyone chatting to each other, learning from each other. Another highlight. I agree. At the end of Navy Pier, which is a really famous
1: place in Chicago with the Blues Brothers on stage, with lots and lots of chat, the theme was festival and everybody was there dressed up, everything from Glyndebourne to Glastonbury. It was tremendous.
0: Just to reiterate, despite some of the talks being on EDECMO and reanimation, it wasn't the original Blues Brothers, because that really would have been a special thing to see. But as a cover band, almost unrecognisable from the original. So Friday morning, you'd think a few bleary eyes, some tired faces, but again, a full conference hall for the first session. That was pretty impressive actually and that was all around making critical care safe. Uh, We heard from
1: Peter Brindley, great presenter on patient safety and then you heard Vic Brazel talking
0: about putting the patient into patient safety. Vic is very much a hero of mine. She's a presentation guru, commands a stage and has great thoughts about the way we educate. Clearly the medical school that she's involved with in Australia must be a great place to go. Here, she talks about how we can involve patients within education at an undergraduate and postgraduate level. And some of the things were relatively simple, the idea that we do simulation, but we don't really know what it feels like to be the patient. And so she'd done some simulations with GoPros put onto patients or put onto the mannequin or whatever, so that the people participating could imagine what it would be like to be a patient in those situations. And one of the things she said to me afterwards was, we've had all these talks about patients at SMAC, but maybe it's time we had a patient talk to us.
1: I agree. And I think that is coming in various different parts. We heard a little bit about that in some of the sessions on paediatrics where people were starting to bring children into the sessions for simulation and using them to give feedback. You know, really fascinating stuff. And I think Natalie will be talking more about that when we get her back from her extended stay in America. We then went on to Pat cross who's a massive hero of the St Emlyn's team. So Pat Cross-Kerry's done so much work over the years about cognitive debiasing, about how we think in emergency medicine, how we make decisions and how we make mistakes and it was really good to see him on the smack stage because he's kind of old school really really well respected around the world he's not part of the smack movement up until now but to see him on stage and presenting the ideas which
0: underpin many of the talks across the conference was really impressive i liked his talk very much and Part of this type one, type two, these different ways of thinking, they're really part of how I talk to doctors at work now. So when I find myself rushing and I need to slow down, change my thought processes a little bit, I revert back to those things that Pat Cross Kerry said right back to Chris Nixon's talk at the very first Mac. Am I a Captain Kirk or a Mr. Spock? There are times I have to force myself to become Spock because I'm too often Kirk shooting from the hip. And those consistent measures across Mac were really good. Kevin Fong finished off that session. Kevin Fong, well known to many people off the telly, but not just off the telly. I've seen him in the recess room coming off the Kent, sorry, Sussex Air Ambulance. Again, hugely knowledgeable about his subject, really related some of his experiences in space, engineering, to patient safety, things that had happened on the space shuttle missions where things had gone wrong, highlighting how NHS systems aren't that different from NASA in some ways. There was a couple of brilliant examples in there. One was looking at that data about
1: aviation being the safest form of travel turning the figures on their head and said, well, actually, the bus is probably the safest way to travel. But because it's not sexy, people don't ask bus drivers how to make theatres work better. But they do tend to ask airline pilots. So really challenging some of the assumptions we've had over the past few years around patient safety. And the other thing I thought was really interesting is he just brought up some really simple pictorial examples on anaesthetic machines, showing that the... The switch for turning off the oxygen looked, felt, and was in virtually in exactly the same place as the button to turn off the entire machine. But who's just looking at how we design things from that engineering perspective? And in healthcare, and we've got some ridiculous things going on. And he did a big shout out, didn't he, to the easy drug ID people about who are trying to do, on an international setting, a proper way of identifying different types of particularly anesthetic drugs by visual. Clues. So like having red tops for all the paralytics, for instance, because there's so many examples of the bottles that we draw drugs up from looking exactly the same. And that really is akin to having a, on the flight deck of an airplane two big red switches, one of which turns all the engines off and the other one which gives you cappuccino. It's just ridiculous what we seem to
0: cope with. So he has some really cracking ideas and brilliant examples. And again, commanded the stage fabulously. You can tell why he's on the telly. Really excellent session. The whole of that session I found really useful. We then went off into the concurrence and Remember that at Smack, there's five concurrents to choose from. There's so much choice. So at any given session, there's 20 different talks going on. Myself and Simon, we were pretty busy. I had to Twitter moderate throughout those. So I was in sessions having to try and concentrate and work out what people wanted to ask. I'm sure there's many things that other people picked up. Did you get any nuggets from that, that last few sessions?
1: I was talking about, are oh, you as good as you think? Answer, you don't know. You need to find somebody else to find out and tell you. But I had a really good one, actually, on a, maybe a non- Medical topic, but Haney Malamat, a brilliant presenter, fantastic slides, talking about shift work. Uh, It's really topical in the UK because we're trying to put consultants onto shifts and we have lots of problems with people getting burnout doing shifts overnight, particularly. And he talks about the concept of using casino shifts, which is being done in places around the world. And there seemed to be a lot of science behind it and there seemed to be a lot of logic behind it. So I think that's something we're definitely going to look at. I think you're going to look at in your place and I'm going to suggest it where we are,
0: that it might be a way forward. So this idea of doing a shift, not a complete night shift where you turn your body clock upside down, but you try and maintain some day night wakefulness cycle by finishing in the early hours of the morning. And if you were going to continue for 24 hour cover, starting a shift in the early hours of the morning, sort of four o'clock in the morning. I have to say I'm in the middle of all this at, at my place and it's given me some real food for thought because perhaps we need to balance up the demands of the service with our ability to continue to look after ourselves. Another huge theme throughout the whole of this conference is about how can we look after ourselves and look after each other. We've got to bear that in mind. And then the title of the last
1: talk in that session was a bit interesting, not quite what I expected when I first saw it, and that was from Chris Bowles on um, sex and critical care. It was about looking at how the workplace in emergency medicine, critical care resuscitation is not necessarily favourable to women. And Chris put on a personal perspective, but also some quite important data looking at the workforces that we've got and recognising that we have to provide, accept and work with the people that are going to be our workforce. And if we design rotors, systems and circumstances, which alienate a whole group of people, women, then that's not great science and it's not great management. Really a lot more to do in that respect.
0: So another quick lunch and into the afternoon, more concurrence.
1: Yeah, more concurrence. I had the privilege and honour, really, of sharing the stage with David Newman. From Smart EM. If you've not listened to the podcast from Dave Newman, you must. They're absolutely fantastic. Talking about dogmalysis and pseudo axioms. Ollie Flower, who was an organizer of course, lessons from the. He's a cage fighter. Did you know he's a cage fighter? But he did a really good historical perspective of how cage fighting has evolved and lessons for emergency medicine and stroke critical care in that. Really interesting. And then Jonathan Shabino, who's like a massive name in education theory, talking about how we can use education theory, which even as an educationist, I find pretty. Inaccessible at times, but taking some really useful tips from the theory into the workplace. So he's put some fantastic notes up on the ICE net. They're going to be accessible there. And of course, you'll be able to hear the talk later on. I'd seriously recommend that. And then I talked about guest gestalt and genius. And I'm, yeah, again, that'll come out later. But we've got some interesting thoughts around gestalt. Basically, does clinical judgment and gestalt exist?
0: Yes. Can we teach it? Yes. How? You have to listen to find out later. Now that drew together, if you like the clinical program for SMAC, three very full days and then there was the smack finale now this is something you and i both ended up being involved in and i think it was so unique that it's one of those things that unless you were there it's probably not worth reliving so perhaps we should just draw a veil over that and just say what a tremendous conference it was the end of the day for us the true finale in
1: true st emlin style is what do we always do when we go around a conference we go singing we go singing. So we had a fabulous night of karaoke in Brando's Speakeasy. When we arrived, the locals were in. They were singing very seriously and very well. By the end of the evening, the Smack fraternity had taken over the entire bar. The singing was considerably louder. There were a lot of people
0: involved. And I can't say that the quality improved, though. All in all, Simon, Smack Chicago, we're back to the real world now, back to your hospital. We're doing this podcast. You're in your scrubs, ready to go. What do you think the key message is for those who weren't there? How do we take what we've learned and experienced over that very special week back to our departments? For me, what would I say the conclusions are? We are, it's a tough job, but the
1: opportunities that we have to do great things are immense. It's a fantastic job, hard work, but fantastic. You have to work hard if you're going to be great, if you want to be awesome and excellent. You've got to get out there and think and challenge everything that you do constantly reinvent your knowledge and constantly think about how you can apply that to people the other things that we thought about a lot are really the personal stuff such that we see lots of crazy stuff our days are not normal and it's easy to find yourself a little bit isolated depressed uncomfortable if errors take place it can be really really tough and a key message that came out of many talks were that If things are hard, don't try and get through it alone. Go and talk to people, get help, make sure that you've got a circle of friends and a way of coping, a way of building resilience in yourself so that you can cope with all of these things. And then the last thing would be, what an incredible and a truly incredible worldwide association of great minds, of great people who really just want to make patient care better,
0: who want to have fun doing it, and who want to share as much as they can. It is a hard thing to explain if you've not been. And the last thing I'd want people to feel is left out if they haven't been to Smack. It is a philosophy, I think. And hopefully many more people will be able to come to Dublin who perhaps weren't able to, especially UK-based people, Europe-based. It's in Dublin next June. From what we understand, tickets will actually be limited this time to the venue. So make sure you're in early. About 2,000 places are available. Throw yourself into it. Chat to anyone who went. And hopefully the feeling that we've all come home with, we can help permeate through our departments. We can look after each other. And better than that, we can look after our patients more superbly than ever before.